Morning, people. Um, it's wonderful to see you all here on this wonderful, bright, sunny day. Uh, we, uh, we're in a new year. Um, I was going to get up this morning and spend two hours working on my talk, and I woke up at 3.30 thinking, oh, that's inevitable. I'm up now. I'm going to be working on it. And I fell back to sleep. And I woke up at 8 o'clock, and I was like, oh, no. <laughs> so you bank on having that extra uh, awake time on a Sunday morning when you meet and you don't sleep very well. But when it the freakishly doesn't happen, you praise God that you got the sleep, but then you think, oh, no, it's, I'm going to pay for it. So anyway, let's pray. I need God's help today. We all need God's help. Father God, we just want to praise you uh, because we get this chance this morning to hear what you have to say. Thank you uh, that you speak through your word, that you give us your wisdom. So help us to think wisely as we pursue wisdom in 2021. We pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Sorry, if you're new this morning, my name's Kurt. I'm the minister here as well. Um, let me start by talking about a friend of yours. Uh, it might not be your friend, but just imagine you have that, this friend. Uh, they're a friend who keeps making bad decisions. Uh, the latest decision they've made is to pursue a relationship with a, with a person that you know is not really helpful for them uh, and potentially even destructive towards them. Um, the complicating factor also is that that person is your boss. That person is your boss. Uh, but, and so every time you go to speak to your friend about this new relationship with the boss, um, they get defensive. They don't want to listen to you. And so you're caught in this bond. How do, you, how do you wisely speak to your friend in this situation? See, wisdom is critical. As I've gone through life, I realise that every, I think every day I'm praying, God, give me wisdom, God, give me wisdom. I imagine as I get closer to the end of life, it's going to be every second. <laughs> you know, when you're young, you think, yeah, I've got enough to get by. I don't really need to ask God for much. Then you keep going and life gets more and more complex, more and more messy. And you think, man, I need wisdom. I need wisdom. We all need wisdom, uh, whether we're in the church or outside the church. We don't live in a world with simple problems and simple solutions. We live in a messy world with complex issues. And what we find as we go along is we can't live by just a bunch of rules. So we might have a bunch of rules when we're young and they seem to get us by. But as we go on, we realise that the rules kind of fall apart when you hit the complexity of life. And so what you need is not just a bunch of rules. You need a way to make sense a way to see reality and live in light of what you see. And so that's what the book of Proverbs presents to us. Uh, not just a bunch of rules on how to do life. The book of Proverbs presents to us a way of seeing life that we might live rightly in it. And so over the next four Sundays, we're going to look at how to have biblical wisdom. And so I'm going to read to you from Proverbs chapter 1. It says here, The Proverbs of Solomon, son of David, king of Israel. Uh, Proverbs is written, as you go through Proverbs, you see it's written by multiple authors uh, or wise teachers. Uh, here it says Solomon, king of Israel, who was renowned as the king who was given wisdom from God and had more wisdom than anyone else. People would come from lands afar to hear his wisdom. Uh, other authors in Proverbs are a king named Lemuel, a, a king named Agur, which we, we think were king-like wisdom teachers. And so Proverbs is this edited collection of these wisdom sayings from these kings for God's people. It's written for God's people and it's, word, and it's kind of presented as the words of a parent to a son. So Proverbs chapter 1 says this, verse 8, Hear, my son, your father's instructions, and forsake not your mother's teaching, for they are graceful garland for your head and pendants for your neck. And so the... the, the Proverbs is written of someone wiser, like a parent, to someone younger, like a child. And so that's the posture we are supposed to have as we come to the book of Proverbs. We come 
We should not come thinking, hey, I've got all the wisdom, it might give me a few extra tips. We come as children or we come as unwise ones to one who is wise, saying, give me wisdom. And so what is wisdom? Chapter 1, verse 2, I'll read for you. It says, to know wisdom and instruction, to understand words of insight, to receive instruction in wise dealing, in righteousness, justice and equity, to give prudence to the simple, knowledge and discretion to the youth. Let the wise hear and increase in learning, and the one who understands obtain guidance, to understand a proverb and a saying, the word of the wise and their, and their riddles. And so as you go through Proverbs, it uses a bunch of images, it uses a bunch of metaphors and words to try to capture what this idea of wisdom is. And so to be wise, there's a bunch of words in this little section here, it kind of piles them on top of each other. To be wise means to be prudent. That is to, uh, the ability to make sense of a situation and to act practically and in good relationship with others in that situation. The ability to be shrewd, the, the ability to, to, wise, to ab- obtain your goals, to have discretion, that is the capacity to make good moral decisions, to be insightful, to have a penetrating and foreseeing mind, uh, to give gu- wisdom gives guidance, it's, it's, it's a it's a guide. It's, and the, the word is literally to lead yourself or to almost like, a, like a, the rudder of a ship to steer a person through life. Wisdom gives you that. To have understanding, a, a know-how of life, both practical and intellectual. Uh, and there's some of the words that are used to describe wisdom in the book of Proverbs, but there's also thing, the kind of things that come as a consequence of wisdom, and that is uh, teachable, humble, just, blameless, good, trustworthy, kind. See, to be wise is to have a deep and a deep understanding of how to do life well in relationship with God. To be wise is to, is to have a deep understanding of how to do life well in relationship with God. It's the life that you and, well, you and I want. As we encounter that person, all right, that friend, who's making those decisions to be destructive themselves, they've got the boss, it's your boss as well, and it's all very, very common. We want to be wise, don't we? We're desperate to be wise. We, and we live in a world that pursues it as well, don't we? The whole self-help industry, right, which is massive. Billions of dollars of money are spent in learning from gurus and teachers and coaches on how to do life better. We live in a world that wants wisdom, and the Bible offers it. It offers God's wisdom. And so what Proverbs is going to say is that wisdom starts with worship. It starts with worship. So Proverbs 1 verse 7, the fear of the Lord is the beginning of knowledge. Fools despise wisdom and instruction. Okay, so wisdom starts with the fear of the Lord. Now that's a particularly uh, significant passage in in the first half of the Bible, the Old Testament. It's the key phrase to describe how God's people were to respond to him in that relationship that they had with him, Yahweh. And so Deuteronomy 10 verse 12 says, And now, Israel, what does the Lord your God require of you but to fear the Lord your God, to walk in all his ways, to love him, to serve the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul? Now, where you hear fear of the Lord, you think to yourself cowering in fear, you think of being scared of God and running away from God. No, in Deuteronomy and in the Bible, the idea of the fear of the Lord is more of the idea of awe. Wisdom starts as we live in awe that we are not God, that God is God, 
and we respond to him, it says a whole bunch, we walk in his ways, we love him, we serve him, we worship him with all our heart and soul. And so Proverbs says that wisdom, you want to be wise, it starts with worship of the true God. It's placing God at the centre of your world, at the centre of your life, and making sure and, and recognise that everything is for him. That's how to be wise. And it makes sense. Uh, years ago, I, um, my friend, you might have heard this before because I've used this illustration before, but my friend dared me to try and take on a big ice fridge like that. Okay? I was young, I was, you know, very young. And he said to me, curtly, I reckon you can take the ice fridge on. And so I was really, really pumped. And what he meant by that, he reckoned, thought I could run into it and make some sort of dent in it, okay? <laughs> and so what do you reckon I did? I, did, I had a go, all right? So I ran into, I ran into the side. I ran as fast as I could into the side of the fridge and I didn't make a dent in it. It made a dent in me. I hit the fridge and then fell down the ground and I had like a bloodshot eye as a consequence to it. Now that's idiotic, isn't it? Anyone can see that's foolish, that's dumb. Proverbs says to ignore God is to smash into the fridge of life. But if you, live, if you worship God, then you're actually living according to reality. Proverbs has behind it this idea that at the centre of the universe is not us, is not the earth. At the centre of the universe is God. He created things. He sustains everything. The fact that my heart is beating right now, that I'm standing on stage, that I'm here before you, is a consequence of him sustaining everything. He also makes, he, he, he instructs us on how the world works best, what is good, what's wrong, what's, what's the best way to live. And if you ignore him, then you're a fool. You're running into the ice fridge of life. And so Proverbs says wisdom begins with worship of that true God. And so this morning I want to give you kind of, I want to fill that out a little bit and I want you to see wisdom as seeing, wisdom as surveying and wisdom as walking. So first thing I'm going to do, wisdom as seeing. So chapter 2 verse 1, he says, My son, if you receive my words and treasure up my commandments with you, making your ear attentive to wisdom and inclining your heart to understanding, Yes, if you call out for insight and raise your voice for understanding, if you seek it like silver and search for it as for hidden treasures, then you will understand the fear of the Lord and find the knowledge of God. For the Lord gives wisdom. From his mouth come knowledge and understanding. And so here's the, the image here. Is that it's a father saying to a son or to a student, receive my wisdom, recognize it is a gift from God, and then he says, the father says to the student or the son, call out for it, pursue it, cry out for it, search for it. And so what you see here is that wisdom is both a gift given by God and an activity to be pursued from God. It's a gift given by God and activity pursued. And so first I'm going to talk about the gift of wisdom and then I'm going to give you two ways that we pursue it. And so firstly, the gift of wisdom comes through seeing God and the world in light of him. All right? So Proverbs 4.18 says this, But the path of the righteous is like the light of dawn, which shines brighter and brighter until full day. Proverbs 6.23, For the commandment is a lamp, and the teaching a light, and the reproofs of discipline are the way of life. 
there's this idea in the book of Proverbs that the, the wisdom of the Proverbs, the commands of God, the words of God function as light. And the, idea, the reason they use that metaphor is that because light helps us see reality as it is. And so wisdom is this gift given by God to see. It's the gift of light to see reality as is so we might be able to not run into that fridge. And God does that as we keep going through. So Proverbs gives us the idea we need to see, we need to wise, we need, the gift, we need this gift of life given to us. That's back in Proverbs in the Old Testament. And so you're looking forward in the New Testament to say what is the way we'll truly see God and be able to live in light of who he is. And so two things have to happen for that. Firstly, God has to reveal himself. And so in the Lord Jesus, it says in John 1.18, it says, No one has ever seen God, the only God, who is at the Father's side has made him known. See, God reveals himself through his creation. So you go out into the world, you look at nature, and it does reveal God. And yet, at the same time, we need more than that. And so what we have in Jesus Christ is God the Son become man, God come to reveal himself to the world, that he might be seen, John 1.18 says. And so that's why it's in John, Jesus says, he stands up in front of him and says, I am the light of the world. The Bible, as it testifies to Jesus, is the light that reveals who God is. The Bible, as it testifies to Jesus, is the light that reveals who God is. So firstly, God has to reveal himself. But there's a problem with that. Because it's no, it doesn't matter how bright a light you have. If your eyes are closed, you still can't see. And so the second thing God has to do, the second gift he gives, is to open up blind eyes. So if you read the accounts of Jesus' life, one of the many miracles he does is that he goes to people who are blind and he enables them to see. Now that is a mark of his compassion and he has compassion on people who are blind, enabling them to see. But at the same time, it's a picture of what he does for all people who come to him. So the Bible says the reality is that if, you have, if you've been born into this world, that you are born in blindness. Blindness to the reality of who God is. And that only by encountering Jesus does he open your blind eyes that you might see who God is. And so God has to give us the gift of himself, revealing himself, and the ability to be able to see him. When we see those two things, we can see God and we can understand reality in light of his perspective. Okay? So God reveals himself through his word that testifies to Jesus. And so in this sense, the way to see life is through, we say, the, the Bible as almost like a lens. Okay? We call the Bible like a set of glasses. The Bible becomes for us because they reveal who God is. The Bible becomes this lens that opens our blind eyes and enables us to see reality. So the first uh, thing we need to do in order to be wise is to be able to see reality from God's perspective through his word. So as we come at an issue, we see life as God sees it. We see that we are not just 
uh, human beings are not just advanced apes, uh, but we are made in the image of God, that we're made to reflect him. We see that creation is not ours to use however we want, but it is God's and we are his caretakers, we are his gardeners. We see that male and female is not something, something that we've just socially constructed, but the, that it may actually reflects God himself, male and female. See, God gives us the capacity to see him and just understand realities that truly is as we gaze through the lens of his word. But for those who don't look at reality through the scriptures, there's blindness. Now that sounds, that sounds a little bit wrong because am I saying that, every, that atheists are by very nature unintelligent? That's ridiculous. There are many, many more atheists who are much more intelligent than me. All right, much more intelligent than me. Here's the thing. The Bible says you can be super smart and not believe in God. But you can't be truly wise. You can't be truly wise. Um, because everything, without God, without the light of God's presence, everything you're looking at is distorted. Yes, you have a lens through which you see life, but it doesn't include in that lens the most significant part, that there is a God who made you, who sustains everything. It, just, it distorts everything, and life is seen as blurry. But those who have been given the gift of being able to see, see God, has the, have the opportunity to see life as God sees it. And so, friends, I'm, I want to ask you, are you, are you building that lens through which you look at life? So it's really tempting in this world with all the, all the offers of wisdom out there on the internet, on YouTube, everyone's throwing wisdom on how to do life for you all the time. And you can say, yeah, I'll grab that and I'll grab that and I'll grab that. And yet you have the most significant and the best resource here in the scriptures, but you spend more time reading self-help books. How much are the scriptures informing the way you see life? That you might see the reality as God sees it. So first, wisdom as seeing, and that is the gift God gives to us. Second, wisdom as surveying, and this is more one of the activities we're called to pursue. Wisdom as surveying. Now, a feature of Proverbs is that there are parts of Proverbs that actually uh, seemingly contradict each other. So Proverbs 26.4, listen to this. Answer not a fool according to his folly, lest you be like him yourself. And then Proverbs 26.5, the following verse, answer a fool according to his folly, lest he be wise in his own eyes. And so do you answer the fool? <laughs> well, yes and no. Yes and no. They're right next to each other. Yes and no. What's Proverbs doing here? Is it just getting, missing the fact that you're contradicting himself? No. Proverbs is teaching that multiple things can be true depending on the situation you encounter. That, that any issue we consider has multiple viewpoints to consider as we can, or, or survey as we look at that situation. And so in this sense, that Proverbs doesn't teach you just what to think. It doesn't say, here's a wise thing to do, here's a wise thing to do, here's a wise thing to think. It actually teaches you how to think, how to think. 
And it's this gift of sight that we've been given through the scriptures, this lens we've been given, we are to call to the activity of surveying life. Now, the metaphor I use for this is, is a tree. And so you come, imagine you drop down, all right, you're looking at the tree from one perspective. All right, you see the tree, you look at the details of the tree, the tree's leaves and the branches and all the... All right, then you take five steps to the right and you look at the tree again and you noticed, right, you didn't see it the first time, but you noticed that there's actually, uh, there's actually a, a, a bird perched on one of the branches. And then you go another five step around and you notice the little nest that the bird had put on the other side of the tree. And so as you walk around the tree, you're building a, a fuller picture of the tree, of what truly is in the tree. The task of wisdom is to look at life and do that work of surveying. It's to have the Bible lens on at every step, to see everything in light of who God is and what he's doing, but it's to take steps around the tree considering different biblical truths that speak into that one situation. So going back to our friend with a disaster relationship that you think is on the thing it's not just one verse you point to and say, all right, I've nailed that situation. There's not just one verse. There's, a, there's big questions that need to be asked. So first thing you might start with, who's God in this situation? Well, he's a good God. He's a loving God. If, is that person in relationship with God? That's a significant question to ask. Is the boss that they're attempting to have a relationship with in, in a relationship with God? Uh, how long have you known that boss, had that person been your boss? Proverbs says things like also... Uh, listen to, re- to the rebuke. So those who listen to the rebuke will become wise. Uh, it calls us to be careful about not just giving our opinion in chapter 18. Proverbs says, uh, sorry, 1 Corinthians says, don't be yoked with someone who's not a believer. Scripture calls us to worship God alone. Um, uh, Galatians 6 talks about rebuking each other with gentleness. Uh, scripture calls us, reminds us that people should be given the freedom to make their own choices. There's just... There's so many different things to consider as we consider this complex situation of your friend pursuing a relationship with someone that's unhelpful for you who's their boss. And the scripture gives you the lens to keep walking around to consider each of those aspects. And so you see, as we explain that work of surveying, you can see why, how crucially important Christian community is. As older people share the wisdom of having run through multiple fridges in, with the younger people, <laughs> All right, where I can say to a younger person, I've hit that fridge, it hurt, don't do it. Not, literally, I'll say that to my son as well, but metaphorically as well. As each of us, through our different life situations and perspectives, our different uh, kind of engagements with God's word, the different ways God has spoken to us, can share with each other what we've seen as we've gone around the tree, as we've looked at life situations. We can each learn with each other what it means to understand the fullness of life, how to live wisely in community as we survey together. Okay, so wisdom is this work of surveying. Now, I want to say a bit of a warning for those who struggle to make decisions. Okay, some by temperament really struggle to make decisions. We just go, oh, I just can't make decisions. I know a guy up at Wall Street, he takes, 40, he takes the maximum amount of time every time to choose the name of his baby. Apparently there's a legal, legal limit to you've got to choose a baby name. He goes right to the last second because he cannot make a decision. All right, some of us struggle to make decisions. 
And so at that point, we, we, you can sometimes, when, if wisdom is surveying, we think we need to see every angle in this tree before we move forward. And so we get locked up because we think, oh, I don't know, I don't know, I don't know. And so we learn as much as we can, but we keep in this to sit forever. Now, there is a point we need to say, although we don't know all the angles in the tree, God does. And we believe in a God who is sovereign over trees in every situation and he's good. And so we need to trust him walking forward trusting that he will lead us in the right direction, that he is the lamp to our path, that he will lead us in the path of righteousness. What does it say in Proverbs? It says, Trust in the Lord with all your heart. Lean not upon your own understanding. In all your ways acknowledge him, and he will make your path straight. So do the work of surveying. Do the work of wisdom. And yet in the end, trust him as you walk, and he will lead your path. Wisdom as seeing, wisdom as surveying, wisdom as walking. It's not just about seeing and having all the Bible answers for things. It's not just about being a really insightful person. Wisdom involves, what I said before, trusting God. And I've read it before. I actually said it before. I jumped ahead of myself. I was excited, obviously. Proverbs 3, trust in the Lord with all your heart. Do not lean on your own understanding. In all your ways, acknowledge him and he will make your paths, straight your paths. Be not wise in your own lives. Fear the Lord and turn away from evil. And so it's this thing that, it's walking as well. It's not just surveying. You know, some of us like to sit there and just ponder situations forever and ever and ever and actually not make decisions. But wisdom means we actually live according to those realities. We live according to what we see and how we've surveyed. And so we turn from evil and we seek justice. We live for God and not ourselves. We walk on the straight path. So James 3.13 says, Who is wise and understanding among you? By his good conduct, let him show his works in the meekness of wisdom. It's not just knowing. The, the wise per person in a church is not just the person who knows lots about the Bible, who when you sit down and cons consider a situation with you, you can sprout out you a hundred Bible verses for every situation. No, the wise person is the person you see who is living according to what they say, who trusts God with the reality as they see it. Wisdom is a life of worship, obedient trust in God's wisdom, bearing the fruit of good works. And so wisdom is seeing, wisdom is surveying, wisdom as walking. And so let me ask you this morning, do you want to be wise? Do you want to be wise? Uh, some of you this morning might be still in this position of considering Jesus and yet not having put your trust in him. And so you might be a little bit insulted about the idea that I'm suggesting that uh, not being a follower of Jesus makes you anything other than wise, that, you, that, that atheists, for instance, would be considered fools in God's eyes. But that's what the Bible teaches. That the only way to be wise is to actually meet Jesus so that he might be the light that makes sense of this reality as we see it. And so if this morning you are in that position where you are... are rejecting God's wisdom, rejecting Jesus in order to assert your own wisdom still, then I, I ask you this morning to turn around. To turn around and recognise that God's wisdom, as foolish as it might seem to be, God's wisdom was to come, it says in 1 Corinthians 1, and die on a cross for you. To die for all the ways you said to God, stuff you God, I think I know better. Even though I'm a finite human being, I know better than an infinite creator. 
And so God is calling you this morning to give up and say, no, I'm not God in this world. I might like to pretend I am sometimes, but I'm not God. To come to him and say sorry and accept his forgiveness that you might see reality as it truly is. I remember when I first got saved when I was 20, I described it as a light went on. Like it, it literally felt like a light went on. Now, did it mean I knew everything about everything? I was more intelligent? No. <laughs> no, I was, insane. I was still the guy who ran into the fridge. Uh, that was before I got saved. I was still the guy who ran into the fridge. I didn't get super smart all of a sudden. I think I, initially I thought I did, but I didn't get super smart all of a sudden. No, I could just see for the first time. It, it wasn't something I did. It was something God gave me. He gave me the gift of sight to see who God is, that I could see life as it truly is. Now, did that make life always pleasant? No. Sometimes to see reality as it truly is is really, really difficult. It's painful to see the brokenness of the world, to understand just how far people are from God. But at the same time, it is true. It is true. And it enables, and it should make Christians wiser in any situation they're in. Now, that's not always the case because as we work in our workplace, we sometimes just forget what we learn on a Sunday and we forget what the scriptures teach us and we kind of just go according to worldly wisdom and forget who God is. But, but it should, in any situation, make you wiser in any situation. Able to survey better, able to consider better, able to consider the dynamics of relationships and why people do what they do and how things are playing out. And so those, for those of us who have put our trust in Jesus this morning, let me encourage you to not get complacent. I think that's it. I, depending on how old you are as a Christian, how long you've been going, how many times you've been to church, I feel like sometimes it feels like the more you've heard from the Scriptures, the more you get complacent, the more you don't think you need to seek wisdom anymore. you kind of got it sewn up, how to do life. Now, God's gracious in that I feel like he always throws new situations at us that push us to our knees, <laughs> doesn't he? Like you think you've got life sewn up and he throws you the curveball of the situation. You think, man, I have no idea. And you're on your knees again saying, God, give me wisdom. That's his grace to us. And so let me encourage you to keep pursuing it. Keep pursuing understanding his word deeply. Keep pursuing community as you consider the word together as you consider life situations together, consider critiquing the way you see situations to say, am I seeing this the way God sees it or is this a worldly perspective? That you might use the gift of seeing to both survey and walk in wisdom. Now, over these next four weeks, that's why we're pursuing this because we're thinking in 21, all right, when we've got so much stuff going on, all right, as we have to make decisions on face masks and simple things like that, which aren't simple, you know, they're hard and we need to be as wise as we humanly can. We need to learn from God as much as we can to be able to see as he sees and pursue wisdom as much as we can in community. And so that's why we wanted to kick off with this series this, this year. The next three talks will work through different topics in Proverbs to use this way of seeing and, and surveying and walking to consider how we can best live in 21. So let me pray and thank God for it. Father God, we... Thank you and praise you for the gift of wisdom. We thank you that we were blind with, with, with no way of seeing reality as it truly is and yet in your kindness you sent your son into the world to reveal you, the, 
the light of the world, the one that makes sense of reality, and you open through us, and you open our eyes that we might see Jesus and understand he is God and put our trust in him. That we might see, that we might survey, that we might walk. And so, Father, as we pursue wisdom in 21, there's going to be things, there are going to be curveballs all over the place. I'm sure there is, like there was last year. And so, Father, we pray that every time we get to that position, we, we recognise that wisdom is not something we own, that we've got, that it's always a gift, and it comes from your hand, and that we would get on our knees and we'd cry out from it again and again. We'd cry out for each other. Give that person wisdom that together we might live dependent, trusting in you, acknowledge you in everything, that you might make our paths straight. We pray in Jesus' name. Amen.